You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. Dear loving Heavenly Father, we ask now that you would come by your Holy Spirit and dwell amongst us, that you might enlighten our hearts and our minds to receive your word, that we might know you more, that we might love you more, and that we might walk in your ways. This we ask through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. You may be seated. Well, I've got my toes in the water, toes in the sand. Not a worry in the world, a cold drink in my hand. Life is good today. Life is good today. No shoes, no shirt, no problems. Some of our modern poets have put to words something that we all desire and long for. Peace. After a long, hard year, we often long for some peace and quiet during these summer months, a little bit of rest and relaxation. But peace is not always easy to get, is it? We mostly get a minute here or there to ourselves, with our loved ones or maybe without our loved ones, away from our emails and text messages and duties and obligations. In some way, we're all striving for that life is good today, peace. In our Romans passage today, Paul says that one of the benefits of justification is that we have peace with God. Now, throughout the first four chapters of Romans, Paul's been laboring the fact that for all of us, whether Jew or Gentile, whether religious or irreligious, whether male or female, we have all fallen short of God's glory, his perfect standard. And that is through our own sinfulness. And because of this, we've created We've created hostility with God. So as Paul opens up chapter 5, the thought that we might have peace with God is a little surprising. But this is just one of the benefits that I want to look at this morning in our Romans passage. Not only do we get peace, but we also are moved to rejoice and to have joy, and we are given hope. Look at verse 1 with me again. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the peace that Paul is talking about here is not exactly the same as the peace of sitting with your toes in the water, though it is connected. The peace that Paul is talking about here is about relational peace, based on an objective reality. It's not about feelings or emotions or external circumstances, but an unchanging truth. A truth that where there used to be hostility, where there used to be opposition in our relationship with God, there is now peace and reconciliation. This reconciliation is ours because we have been justified by faith. Now, justification is an extremely important word which lies at the very centre of the heart of the good news of Jesus Christ. But it's just theological language for saying that we are regarded as right and innocent before God. See, in our own sinfulness, God as creator and sustainer and ruler of all things, he regards us as guilty because we've rebelled against him and we've sought to seek to rule our own lives. But through Jesus' death on the cross, we are regarded by God as innocent. God declares us innocent because Jesus has taken our place and paid the penalty that we deserve. No longer do we stand condemned before God, but because of Jesus and his death and resurrection, 
we stand justified before God, standing in his grace, standing in his love and mercy. This objective reality of this peace is connected to the subjective peace that we long for in our own lives. The peace that we now have with God brings peace to our lives, and in one day it will bring peace to the whole created order. As the reconciliation that we enjoy with God now, our restored and renewed relationship with Him, it begins to transform us and to permeate into every other aspect of our life. Paul goes on to show us this in the following verses as he explains that the peace that we now enjoy with God, knowing that we are standing in His grace, leads us to rejoice. Look at verse 2 with me. Through Through Him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Through Jesus we have gone from those who have fallen short of the glory of God to those who are able to rejoice in hope of the glory of God. The glory that once overwhelmed us and convicted us, we now rejoice in. The glory of God which caused Moses' face to glow, that confronted Isaiah with his own mortality and sinfulness, which blinded Paul on the road to Damascus, is our cause for rejoicing. We can rejoice and be positive about the future not because we believe in the power of positive thinking, but because we believe there is power in the blood of the Lamb. Power that is stronger than our own weakness. Power that transfers us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, whose King is Jesus Christ our Lord. Not only can we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God, we also rejoice in our sufferings. Look at verses 3 and 4 with me. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. Modern society, and and we along in that, we love to avoid pain and suffering, don't we? We self-medicate, we go into denial, we find whatever coping mechanisms we can get to drown out the pain. But here Paul says that our suffering is a cause to rejoice. This is not any type of masochism where we kind of get pleasure from the pain. It's not stoicism where we kind of grit and bear it. But we rejoice in our sufferings because we know that in them and through them, God is working in us and on us. As our suffering through perseverance and character produces in us hope. As our eyes are turned away from ourselves and focused on God. We rejoice in our sufferings knowing that they will never turn into our condemnation. We rejoice in suffering because we know that our past, our present, and our future are secure in Christ, because our justification, our standing before God, is secured in Christ. And this brings us to the third benefit of our justification, our hope. Since we are justified through faith, we have peace with God, which allows us to rejoice in His glory and our own suffering, knowing that we have hope for the future. Look at, verses five. Look at verse 5 with me. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. This hope that we have is not based on wishful thinking, as though we hope that our life might just turn out for the good. 
It's not a generic hope or optimistic thinking. It's hope based on God's love, which has been poured into our, heart, into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Now, I have to admit that I struggled to understand what that meant for a moment, and this is what I think Paul means by this, is that God has shown us how he will deal with us in the present and in the future through his actions towards us in the past. God, who is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, gives us hope for the future because we know what he has done for us in the past. So how has God acted towards us in the past? Well, look again at this passage. Verse 1, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith. Verse 5, God's love has been poured out into our hearts. He's justified us in Christ, which means we are no longer under God's condemnation. And then he's given us his Holy Spirit who dwells within us, the Spirit of truth who guides us into all truth. So not only are we acquitted of our sins, declared to be innocent and right before God, but God has acted towards us in love, even though we have only ever acted towards him in hostility, in opposition. The foundation of our hope for the future is not fickle. It's not irrational. It's based upon the justifying work of Jesus in the past and God's love for us in the Holy Spirit who dwells in us right now in the, in the present, at this very moment. Now, all of these benefits become ours not because we deserve them, not because we have earned them. They become ours through faith. We are incorporated into Christ and we gain His benefits through our trust in Him so that the victory of the cross becomes our victory, becomes our joy, becomes our hope through faith in Him. Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are His judgments and how inscrutable His ways. Brothers and sisters in Christ, I want you to know these truths ever so fully, that your life is transformed by the renewal of your mind, that the knowledge of what Jesus has done for you on the cross the reality that the Holy Spirit dwells within you would impact your life. I want you to know it so well that you begin to feel it deep within you. It's not just head knowledge, but it's a feeling that you have that God loves you in Jesus Christ. That those who have received their justification through faith in Jesus, there is now no condemnation and no separation from God. I want you to know it so deeply that you feel it and that that feeling would lead you to rejoicing and boasting in Jesus. There's a really interesting interaction in this passage between pride and shame, between boasting and rejoicing and, and shame. The word that is translated as rejoice uh, could easily be translated as boasting or taking pride in. So as Christians, we are proud of and we boast in our sufferings because of how God is using them. And we boast in hope of the glory of God. As we boast in these things, we, we know that they'll never put us to shame. Now, we ourselves, we might put ourselves to shame through our own sinfulness, but the justifying work of Jesus through his death and resurrection, which gives us peace with God and a secure hope, that will never shame us. The love of God, which has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, that will never shame us. What is man that you should be mindful of him? The son of man that you should seek him out. O Lord, our governor, how exalted is your name in all the world. Let us pray.
Almighty, everlasting Father, your works are good and marvelous, and you are great and merciful and mighty. And we stand in awe of your glory, and we boast in it uh, through our Lord Jesus Christ, who has given us access to your grace. And we thank you so much for the love that you have for us in him. We ask now that your spirit would uh, dwell so richly in us that we would feel the love that you have for us in him. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you'll join us at one of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org.